David. Yo, Connor. Good morning. Good morning, good morning. All right, and good morning to all you lovely listeners at home. Welcome back to yet another episode of the podcast that we have humorously entitled... What's the smell you thinking again? That's right. That's oh Jesus, David. It was getting repelled by that one. I'm okay. He's like the smells real bad today. I'm okay. I promise. The smell must be really getting to him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Real real stinky. Real stinky in here. How's it going, Dave? It's going well, Connor. How are you doing? I'm fine. I'm fine. We're we're going. We're, We're thriving. How's the weather? Um, it is a windy, cold-ish, uh, sunny Wisconsin morning. Um, you know, I, I'm just really glad it's sunny outside. Um, I don't really care for the temperature. Um, I just really miss that sun. Um, so yeah, you know, I'm, I'm feeling good. Um, you know, I, I don't really have any homework right now because, you know, I'm on my spring break and, uh. You know, I'm just, I'm just vibing, you know, I'm just, I'm vibing, feeling good, you know, trying to enjoy my last day of spring break. Um, and yeah. How's Illinois looking? Uh, Illinois is basically the same as yours, except minus the sun. It's not very sunny over here. It's pretty cloudy, actually. Um, that being said, you know, I'm just starting my uh, spring vacation, so, or spring break, so that's pretty exciting. I can just chill indoors. I don't really need to leave it. I'll leave the house, but that's all right. Um, yeah, so overall, I mean, it's I, usually these uh, weather updates are like the same, but this week we actually changed them up, which is interesting. Yeah. Illinois, you crazy. Well, anyways, we are hopping into yet another episode, and this one is an episode we haven't touched upon in a while, because as you might know from our episode three, we're pretty big fans of the Goofy movie. Oh, so yeah. Naturally, naturally, oh, I'm sorry. I missed what you said. I said, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry about that. Well, you should know that since when, since you know we're big such big goofy movie fans, we're also really big extremely goofy movie fans. The the sequel that came out only 5 years later. So, you you could imagine how, you know, how much we have to say about this movie. So, it only makes sense to do an episode on it. It's almost been a little too long if I if you had to ask me. Like, oh, yeah. we've seen this movie countless times just like Goofy movie, but we haven't talked about it. Which, you know, we should you should do something about that. So, um, so like, you know, it's, it's time, it's time we stand up and we do it, you know, we, it's time, it's time we just, you know, go for it. It's time. Just do it. (laughs) Got it. You know, like it's extremely has been in my blood for so long and we've been ignoring it, you know, we've got it. For, yeah, right. for the good of for the good of us, you know, we've got mm-hmm. to do it. Okay, sorry, it's just, this is a lot. I'm I'm shaking. I'm quivering. You know, I'm, no, I'm, I'm so sure, happy. I'm sure. I finally got to extreme. I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure. Okay, so I was thinking for formatting this episode, similar to how we formatted the the Goofy movie one, is we go through a pretty in depth plot analysis, talking about what happens in the plot from point A to point B, literally from beginning to end. And once that's done, we discuss our thoughts, we discuss some general questions, and I think we just talk about why the movie is so good. You know? I agree. All right, David. So, do you want to take over uh, explaining the story, or uh, what do you think? Sure, Connor. 
because I've got I've got story points as well. So if you need any refreshers or scenes you're missing, uh, I've so, got it. All right. So let me if 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 any of you guys have not seen this fantastic film, let me catch you guys up. Yeah, and we're going into spoilers. So if you really care about spoilers, it came, came out twenty. It came out yeah, twenty one years. It came out twenty one years ago. Um. So those. So yeah, it's been out for a while. So. Movie opens right. You got you got Goofy, uh, wearing his uh, like turban like thing, uh, with like a big like stick. That it's he... like it's like the original Goofy intro. Like it pans out from like the the Goofy title card, and it's you pans out and you see it's a gong actually, and then you see Goofy walk up with the turban on, and you know, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And then he hits the gong, and then he's like, whoa. Yeah, you got to know this. this is important. Yeah, yeah. So, so you know, it's it is a goofy movie, an extremely goofy movie. Indeed, you think you think from a title like that, like they're upping the ante, like yeah. the, like you you'd think if the first one was goofy, this one has to be goofier. Like it yeah. promises that it's goofier. Yeah, yeah. Which is, you know that says a lot. Yeah, and the camera pans over. Well, I forgot to mention that the gong has Goofy's face on it, right? Yeah, because so the like camera pans pans over uh, Goofy's face, right? And then from that face, um, th- does it does it pan to the title of the movie? Yeah, it, like on the back of a gong, because the gong falls off once he got oh, it, right. it, it falls right. off his foot. Yeah, and then yeah, yeah. It falls down, and you see on the other side of the gong was the title "Extremely Goofy Movie." Yep, yeah, yeah. And then from there, you see a older, uh, probably not more mature. Max burst. Oh yeah, through. right. Like because you see, you see Goofy, or you see Max like burst through the logo like it was paper. Yeah, and he's older. Yeah. he's he's like an adult now. Yeah, when you, you saw him in the last movie, he's this dinky little high schooler. Now this guy's a big man now. He's a big adult dude. Yep. So yeah, you see, you see the guy bursting through, uh, and you know, and then you see the uh, the the trio, the trio Max, uh, PJ, PJ, and Bobby. Bobby. Uh, Doing doing some uh, skating, right? And uh, you also see Goofy and Pete, uh, you know, doing a a, a go away college party because you know and these like, guys are now going away to college. Yes, yeah, it's a crazy progression from like the last one. Like, I mean, I know it's been five; it's, it was five years since the original released, and then this one released. But like, man, like t- you could see the age they get; they got older. Yeah, yeah, they're a bit taller now. Um, you know. They're, they're they're taking up skating, you know, as as a as a yeah. possible profession, you know. Uh, I, I suppose you never really get to see what their majors are, so I guess they're majoring in skating, biking, and roller skating. Yeah. <laughs> um. So you know, like I mentioned, uh, Pete, Pete, and Goofy are now uh, setting up for their going away party. Um, some dialogue exchange. Um. You know, then they then they all eat. Well, and then Goofy. Uh, before they even eat, before they eat, Goofy gives like a lecture to the trio, um, about being like focused on your goals and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's very deep, very, yeah, very, very, very deep. about our society. Yeah, but the thing is, is that uh, Max, PJ, and Bobby don't listen. You know, they're too focused on the grub, so they go over to the grub while uh, while Goofy's trying to lecture them. Uh, about staying focused on your goals, they they don't they don't learn the lesson. You know, if they learn the lesson, then there wouldn't be a movie. You know, right? 
the moral no of the point. story listen to your lectures like you you you'd avoid an entire movie yeah right but they didn't listen they they wanted food so they got the food uh and then after after they're done eating you know it, it, it um later later that night approximately 10 16 p.m you know you know this because the clock said so in the movie yeah this, this is how seriously we take analyzing this movie yes yes we pin it down to the most a the most little detail yes like it, it's so important to us that we get this factually right so go ahead yes yes um so like i said uh now we're at the scene it's max's room approximately 10 16 p.m and uh you know max is packing up you know packing up his final things to go off to college right and then you see uh goofy uh, walk into his room, you know, kind of sad to know that his son's going away. Um, but he has a box in his hand. And Goofy's like, sit down, son. I I, I got I got you this gift so, that my father got that, me. There's another very symbolic down. scene that's important to note. When when Goofy's trying to pack stuffed bear into Max's bag, and Max is like, oh, I don't yeah. want stuffed bear in my bag. And they get into an argument, which results in Max throwing stuffed bear against the wall as a metaphor for him rejecting his childhood yes. and therefore his connection to his father. It's deep. Anyway, yeah. go back to the Yeah. yeah. Makes Luffy very sad. Yeah. So, anyways, you know, there's a box uh, passed down from generation to generation of goofs. Uh, but the thing is, is that. Um, it, it's 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 similar in a way to if you remember from the first movie, there's a fishing rod that was passed down mm-hmm. from goof to goof to goof. Um, but this this thing isn't nearly as symbolic as that because it does. I can promise you, it does not recur once uh, in this movie. It's actually pointless. But I digress. Uh, so he gets the box. He opens it. He thinks it's like some well, souped it's like up a laptop, laptop TV. Turns out... it, was like, it was like literally every piece of machinery that's ever existed. It's probably part car. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it turns out it's just a typewriter. And um, Max is super upset. And he's like, ah, throws well, it down. Well, he doesn't really throw it down. Never see just, it again. He doesn't really, you see it on his lap and then it's just not there anymore. Yeah. 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 It goes, in, yeah, it goes on his lap. Then it's gone. Um, yeah. and weird, goofy... weird plot points introduced to not bring anywhere, but you know, that's the least of this movie's concerns. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then Max is like, Oof, it's 10 19. It's been three minutes. Oh, <laughs> did it actually it. change to 10 19? Jesus, yeah, it did. I didn't catch that. I only talked 10 16 at the beginning and called it a day. Dang, I was like, David's a little more serious about analyzing than I am. L, yeah. Um, so, God, can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. Um, so Max is like, oh, sleepy time now. So he hits the hay, um, and Goofy turns off the light in his room. Um, and before he closes the door, he peeks in a little bit and he sees that Max, uh, in his bed, all snuggly and warm, grabs mm-hmm. the, uh, the, the stuffed bear from off the floor that he threw earlier, remember? And yeah. starts cuddling with it. And then it makes, uh, goofy tear up you know he's like he's still my little boy mm-hmm. uh, it's truly a truly a heartbreaking bittersweet moment yeah it's it's it if you don't cry during this scene i don't understand what what kind of human you are yeah yeah very sad very sad 
Um, and then we flash back to that next morning. Uh, you know, it's time for for uh, Max to leave for his first. Goofy's day. making Goofy's making like a thirteen course breakfast for just himself. <laughs> Wild. Yeah. Right. Um, so you know, Max wakes up. Um, he he gets his stuff. Uh, he goes downstairs, sees this huge feast. He doesn't eat anything from it. Yeah, he just gets some toast and runs. Yeah, he gets some toast, leaves, doesn't even think about his dad, really. Um, gets in the car, uh, who is being driven by Bobby. Uh, Bobby, it's like Bobby's like, it's Bobby's like hippie thing. Yeah. It had like a peace sign on the front <laughs> and everything. Bobby, I mean, Bobby is, you know, quite the quite the radical guy so i can imagine him driving a hippie van yeah, yeah, yeah but like man it's everything i imagined it would be in more yeah right right um and you know peter's also in the car too max puts the stuff in he gets in the car and they drive off and then goofy's like whoa, whoa, whoa wait 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 um where are you going you didn't even eat breakfast and uh max is like oh we'll, we'll get we'll get some donuts on the way to college and then goofy's like don't forget to get some milk with those donuts. Which, I mean, is a little really thoughtful scene if you think about it. I mean, there's so many drinks you could drink with donuts, you know? Yeah. You could drink coffee. You could drink orange juice. But he picks... But the, the director the di- director picks milk. It really says a lot about our society. Yeah, it really does. It really it's does. Deep scene. Mm-hmm. Milk, the color of... that's The color's white. It's like the color of our souls. The colors of their gloves. So, you know, they're driving. Um, you know, it turns out this college is in the middle of nowhere. You know, a whole bunch of corn. Whoa, 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 whoa. Before you go on to the college, right? We're missing an important, deep, thought-provoking scene. We are? So once, once they leave, you see sad goofy walking oh, down yeah. the hall oh yeah and he comes across I, max's empty room i thought that was where after we get hit that. With, I thought it was after that. it's all good it's all good we get hit with the bombshell reveal yeah 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 so and that reveal i i, I will take over this one scene right, real quick right. and then you come back we the bombshell reveal is that goof or that max did not bring stuffed bear to college sad that was devastating blow to us fan fiction writers because this meant everything to goofy goofy is such an important character and he we need to see him be happy and this was a punch to the gut seeing him sit there and cry it hurt man it hurt gotta be the most emotional scene in the entire film besides the finale which i will not spoil but Go ahead, Dave. Let's keep this going, and maybe maybe pick up the pace a tad bit in terms of our analysis because <laughs> fifteen minutes in, and we've only gotten. I think we're about six, seven minutes into the movie at this point, so I think maybe we pick it up a little bit. All right. So, like I mentioned, they were driving. Uh, they reached the university, or not really university, it's a college called State College. Yeah, it's like it's like a state college, not like a university. It's kind of like a like a community college type thing it's weird like a state college yeah it's weird. like it also has like fraternities and yeah so stuff. it's weird it's not a university but it kind of is yeah yeah anyways um you know they're driving um and then they run into uh the big dog himself um, oh yeah the best character in the entire film bradley they, they alluded to him earlier they were talking about how they were gonna like when they were doing their skating and stuff they were gonna enter what they call the x games yes, yes, which are like yes. these yeah, these like ESPN sponsored like you know athletic competition where you use like skateboards, roller skates, bikes. It's it's a whole thing, 
very, very, uh, very prestigious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they allude to the fact that they need to defeat the most popular and the best campus in town, or not campus, I'm sorry, the best fraternity in town, that being the Gamma Moo Moos. Yes. So, David, you may now take over. Yes. So, for this important scene. So, yes, like I mentioned, um, they run into Bradley Upper Crust the Third. Uh, he is the leader of the Gamma Moo Moos. Leader of the Gamma Moo Moos. Um, and kind of a stud. Yeah, he really is. He really is. Um, and uh, they keep driving and they, they start unpacking and they get out their skateboards and start skateboarding. Uh, they skate past Bradley. Bradley's like, whoa. whoa, 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 son. They don't quite skateboard to them yet. There's a scene in between. You see them drive off and that's when you get the scene of Goofy at work. Oh, oh. Yeah, Goofy at work comes right after that because once Goofy, once the end of this scene happens, it's when you start skateboarding. Oh, yeah. We've got to talk about Goofy's, Goofy's work. That's right, that's right. Which is the first time we've ever seen Goofy go to work before like in a in a film setting. Like, Goofy didn't work in Goofy movie. And really the only time you see him work are in the shorts. Uh, so, like, this is, a, this is a big moment. Yeah, for sure, for sure. He works at this uh, factory called Beacons. Yeah, which is, you know, it, like, produces, like, toys and stuff. You know, pretty lame, if I'm being honest. Toys are lame. Yeah, yeah. He works at Beacons, um, and, uh, you know, he opens up his locker, sees pictures of Max. He gets all sad and emotional. Not really distracts him from his work, you know? Um, it really says a lot about a connection in human society and how we got to keep, we got to cherish these connections to our children, you know? Yes, yes, for real, for real, for real. Um, but the thing is, is that, like, it distracts him. And, you know, he's building his robot toy, and he pictures Max as being that robot toy. And, you know, his, his boss is like, Mr. Goof, get back to work. An assembly line <laughs> is for assembly. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then he's like, whoa, whoa. Um, and uh, he drops the toy. And then he, uh, he accidentally uh, goes into super fast mode. Uh, with the assembly yeah, he ends up, he ends up really hijinks and Sue. Yeah. Got some hijinks really going. Yeah, and then he tries to stop it. Uh and then, but he accidentally presses the reverse button. He gets caught in the uh, assembly line. He gets sucked up. Uh, something I'm not really sure what it is, but it explodes. Uh, yeah, they destroy like this huge machine. I'm surprised Goofy lived. If I'm being honest, yeah. like that would look. He destroyed like this huge machine. It's crazy, man. Yeah. And then his boss comes out. And he's like, "You're fired." Right, as he gets dragged away by security. Yeah. Uh, and then it cuts to the skateboarding. Yeah, then it cuts to the skateboarding. Uh, they skate past Bradley. Uh, Bradley's like, whoa. They're, yeah, like, they're really cool skater dudes. Yeah, they, they look like some gamma material right there. Um, and then, you know, they hop on their skateboards. Um, and Get a lot of skateboarding shenanigans. Yeah, yeah. But And then the gang, the trio... Gets to this place called the Bean Scene. It's like this, yeah, it's like this kind of like you know soulful coffee shop. Yeah. That I mean, quite frankly, I don't know why they were drawn to it. It's literally just this brick building with a sign that said Bean Scene. Maybe like, it's not all that unique. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Especially, especially when across the street there was a movie theater playing the Goof Father, the Goofinator, and Pup Fiction Two. I didn't even know they made Pup Fiction 2. I thought the first one was where the story ended, but no. 
So, you know, it's, it's ridiculous to me that they skipped on those movies for a stupid, a stupid coffee shop. Yeah, right. Anyway. Right, right, right. So, anyways, they go down to the bean scene. Uh, Max is like, you guys, you'll get a seat. I'll get the Java. You see, Java is a cool, a cool guy term for coffee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, Max is out there getting the Java. Um, it cuts to this one uh, lady named... Oh, yeah, the Beret Girl. Beret Girl. She's an important character. Yes. She's in we for a collective total of about 10 minutes. <laughs> and she does this uh, poem um, and, you know, really moves uh, PJ and Bobby. It's a really deep poem about limes yeah. and light. Yeah. Um, I'd, I'd read it for you. I'd say it for you. But yeah, I feel like this is one you got to see for yourself. I can't do it justice. For sure. For sure. For sure. You, you've got to see this scene. It's emotional. Yeah, it really is. It really is. Um, so, you know, Max has the Java, he turns around and right behind him is Bradley Uppercrust the third. Um, he He just shows up. Yeah. He spills the Java on, uh, Bradley and Bradley's Bradley. Bradley would be mad, but Bradley's such a Chad that like, he totally just takes it. Like his skin probably absorbed it and honestly made him stronger. Like it was boiling hot coffee, but man. He Bradley took it like a pro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Bradley's like, "Oh, no problem, no problem. I'm Bradley." And then Max is like, "I'm Max." And then Bradley's like, "You should join the Gammas." And then Max is like, "Whoa, guys, you hear this?" And then uh, Bradley's like, but "Stupid Bradley, stupid Bradley for doing this." Yeah. And then he's like, "This offer is only for one, not for your whole group." And then Max is like, "Nah, it's all of us or none of me." Um, Which goes to show you the power of the boys. Yeah. The boys are strong. The unity is powerful. Yes. And this scene is a testament to the power of the boys. Yes, for sure. For sure. Um, so, you know, he uh, and then Brad's like, that's a mistake. Uh, and then um, they end up bullying a, the gang. Yeah, there's a little bit of shenanigans yeah. ensuing. And then uh, the Bray girl's like, whoa, 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 everyone calm down here. She says some poetry, and they all, like, snap. Yeah, this is crazy. Like, they just start snapping, you know, Mm -hmm. like this. And it, like, really intimidates Bradley for some reason. He gets, like, really mad. And then I I think maybe Bradley has, like, PTSD at the time (laughs) that, like, snapping, like, killed his parents or something. (laughs) Because he gets real mad. And as a result, gets chased out of the bean scene, but swearing revenge. Yeah. Which, you know, never good in a situation like oh, this. Connor, you also but they make a deal. The deal that they, yeah, they make a deal. Yeah, they make a deal. Go ahead. Um, Bradley and um, Max make a deal. And he's like, uh, if if I win the finals. Uh, the X Games finals. Yeah, the X Games finals. Then uh, we become each other's towel boys. Yeah, like the loser becomes the winner's towel boy. Yeah. This is a very important development. Because mm-hmm. it really it really adds stakes to the film. Mm-hmm. It really does. It really does. Um, and they're like, deal. And then uh, Gamma Moo Moo's walk out. Um, and then uh, we, we cut to um, Goofy again. Yeah, he's trying to get a job from a, like a job recruiter lady. Yeah, at the unemployment office. And she's like, no, you can't get a job unless you go to, unless you get a college degree. And Goofy's like, three years. So he needs one more year. Yeah. But the thing is, he went to college back in the 70s. So uh, it's a bit different how it is now. 
Um, Seeing as the state university or state college is the only college known to man in this universe, it has to be the one that Max is going to. Yeah. So uh, Goofy enrolls in the state college and, uh, you know, you see Max taking a class and then out comes Goofy. Max is like, what? But no, you gotta, you gotta understand this scene's hilarious and jokingly great because he comes in with a silly 70s outfit and an afro on. Yeah. It was so silly. I laughed the entire time. It was very funny. It was very funny. Absolutely. I really enjoyed that. And scene. everybody's laughing at him, you know, like like cartoon style, like everyone's laughing demonically, like, ah, it was crazy. Yeah. It, was a, it was a laugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone was laughing at Max because his dad was in his class. Um, and then uh, they walk out. Um, Max is like, you're embarrassing me. Take off that, take off that wig. Um, and then it cuts to the library, right? Oh no! Whoa, 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 whoa! You missed a lot there. What bro. I did, I did. So they, you, so you know, okay. So they're talking, they're talking. Max is like, look, we gotta establish some ground rules. You gotta, you gotta do your thing. I'll do mine. And that's when he learns that Goofy's staying for a whole year. And PJ and, and PJ and Bobby are not fans of this. Yeah. They cut back to the room and they're like, what? So a year? Did you say a year? And they're like losing their mind. But Max is like, look, we got to do this. He's got his life and I've got my life, you know? My life. My life. My yeah, it repeats life. because it's like all eerie. And that's when you get to the, the uh, there's like this montage of, of Max trying to go about college life and Goofy keeps embarrassing him. It's a really tragic. Goofy gets him too much food. Goofy gets him Mickey underwear, which I mean, I, it might be must be exclusive to like Goofy because you know Goofy's friends with, with Mickey, so I'm sure it, like must have been like really hard to get. Uh, but like you see all these embarrassing moments of of Goofy really embarrassing Max, where you get to really sympathize with them because Goofy is a doofus, yeah. but Max is cool, so it's really cool seeing that contrast, you know. And now we get to the library after that. Yeah, go ahead. So, anyways, they're at the library right now, and. Um... You know, Max is like, I gotta get away from my dad. Um, gotta go, gotta do some X gaming, you know? Yeah, gotta, skateboard. gotta practice the X games. Uh, and then Max is like, huh, I can get my dad to be distracted by the librarian. So he takes him over to the librarian to get a library card. Um, and it turns out that Goofy and the librarian really hit it off. Yeah, like they're really talking, they're really getting to know each other. Uh, the librarian's name is Miss Marple. Miss Marple. They're 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 bonding over eighties or not eighties seventies stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's really exciting, you know. Oh, it's really yeah. it's really nice seeing seeing Goofy get a get a good a good get a good friend in this uh, harsh harsh college world, you know. For sure, for sure, for sure, for sure. But that does give him the ample time to for Max to slip away. Yeah, Max you know? slips away. Um... And then he practices, uh, you know, for, for, for the X Games. But um, it turns out that Goofy really hits it off with Miss Marple. Um, and, and he gets a date with He her. gets a date, a date, right? And that, that made Goofy go like, ooh, 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 you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then you see, you see Max practicing. And then out of nowhere comes Goofy. And Goofy's like, Max, I got a date. But, uh, you know, he ends up hitting um, Max. And then you see... Uh, goofy skateboarding, and out comes the Gamma Moomoo's. Yeah, right. Like Max, and or do a do a collection of shenanigans. Mac or Goofy ends up on the skateboard that Max was riding on. Yeah. So it makes it look like Goofy was all cool, but in reality, he's just you know shenanigans. Shenanigans make it look crazy. 
yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. Um, so Gilman was like, "Whoa, we want to recruit Max's dad." Um, so they recruit Goofy to give him moo-moos, and then. But that's here's the thing. Here's an important point to note. Max on his or decides this would be a good opportunity. You see, if he give if he makes uh if he makes his dad join the moo-moos, he'll mess up and ruin the moo-moos. Therefore, letting uh therefore letting their group to rise up the ranks. So this is a whole devilish scheme set up by Max yeah. to, you know, embarrass his dad or to destroy the Moomoo's using his dad's incompetence. You got to keep that in mind. Max is a pretty devi- devious figure. Of course. Of course. Um, but the thing is, is that I think Max feels a bit bad about doing this, but um, PJ and Bobby really love it because um, it gets Goofy out of their hair. Right. Um, so, you know, Goofy ends up getting recruited. Um, and then I believe the next scene. It's the club, I think. Is the is the club? Yeah, they go to the club. Because, like, oh, they yeah, wander it off. Oh, yeah, it is a club. You're right. But wait, but wait. There's one thing we've got to note. There's a scene. There's a line that I feel like we should acknowledge. When, when, when Bradley sees Matt, or sees Goofy do all that craziness, he says this line. It's a really good line. Oh, kinda, he goes. Kind of, kind of, kind of, kind of. I, I, I. I have it. You got this. You got this. I have it. Um, this legendary line that Connor mentioned. Um, I, I have it memorized. It's, it's such a legendary line. It yeah, me is, too. It's <clears throat> memorized. Mr. Goof, your performance was the, without a doubt the most breathtaking display of alternative sport inventiveness ever paralleled by mankind. It is, it is a legendary. A very quotable line. It's a brilliant line. Brilliant line. Anyways, it's the club. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. So they go to a club. Um, you know, Max, Goofy, not Max, Goofy. No, Max, Pete, Max, and or Max, Max, PJ, PJ and Bobby. And Bobby all sitting at a table. Um, and uh, everyone's like, whoa, Max, you're so good at skateboarding. Um, and then the beret girl shows up. Bobby starts hitting on her, but it doesn't work. But then PJ out of nowhere is like super poetic and stuff and starts hitting yeah, on right. the break. This is the beginning of PJ's true character development where he goes from a neurotic doofus to a sophisticate, a, a high-end, high-brow sophisticate. Yeah. And it's really it's really good uh, character development, if you ask me. Oh, yeah. For sure. For sure. For sure. Um, yeah. PJ out here, you know, seducing the Bray girl. The Bray girl's like, whoa. Uh, my my big man, I like you. Let's go dance. So then they go dance, um, and then uh, then you see and it cuts to uh, the DJ. Yeah, Goofy bribes the DJ, bribes the DJ to, to play stupid '70s songs. Everybody's like, "This is gonna be embarrassing for sure." Yeah. Like the viewers are sitting there going, "Like, no, Goofy, you can't do this. The '70s are lame." But then it gets good. Yeah. Uh, then, then you see uh, Goofy and Miss Marple out in their seventies outfits, jamming out, right? Um, yeah, it's, it's and a and classic seventies jam. Yeah, everyone's stunned by it. Um, yeah, everybody's dancing with them like this is the coolest thing ever. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, and they all kind of just vibe with it. Yeah, right. Everybody's everybody's seventies dancing. It must have been like a throwback night. Yeah, it really was. Um, and then you, and then after they're dancing, you know, it cuts to uh, 
Goofy and Miss Marple, uh, you know, walking out in the park at night. Um, yeah, kind of like kind of drive style where it's like very dialogueless. You get to feel the emotions on the face. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. And you know that you, you see their connection blossom with their mood rings connecting and glowing when they're together to signify that. Says a lot about romance. Yeah, very, very romantic movie. Um, and so, yeah, very, very good scene. Very good scene. And then I believe after that scene, we cut to the X Games. Yes, it's when the, it's when they get the your first taste of the X Games, the first competition. I guess it's like the placement competition to see like who makes it to the final tournament, who doesn't. Yeah. So it's a big, big scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it is. Uh, so you see the Gamamumus team one, and then you also see uh, Max's team, team ninety nine, both go. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you see that Goofy is the one who goes. He gets tens all across the board. Oh yeah, because they. But here's the thing: it's because Max is, of course, on the Moomoo's. They thought Max was gonna or Goofy was gonna ruin it for him, but in reality, they actually use cheating devices. You know, they use like they use like like uh, rockets and stuff to make Ma- make Goofy look really good, which causes all the judges to give him a ten, except for Germany, who gives him a nine, which is a really funny joke if you think about it. Yeah, because like you know, Germans say nine right yeah yeah uh anyways there's uh you can take over now yeah so anyways like i was like i was saying uh max max's group max goes um he doesn't perform nearly as well he gets like the bare minimum uh to, to go to the yeah well with because because the move the moomoo's were cheating yeah they were using like you know lights reflecting into his eye and like all kinds of cheating mechanisms to make max fail yeah yeah, it's it very, very sad because they, they also deserve tens all across the board. And a nine. <laughs> and a nine, yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, after that competition, um, what, what, what's the next scene again? Well, it leads to a devastating blow to our Goofy lead because Goofy is such an emotionally resident character. We don't want to see him fail. Yeah. He's starting to get happy now. But then we hit a roadblock, a truly gut punching moment. Like this is this is the moment that we'll be remembered for. Goofy goes to Max and tries to apologize. He's like, I'm sorry I made you look bad. To which Max goes, Dude, I can't handle you, Dad. This campus is not big enough for the both of us. Get your own life. And that one was a devastating blow to Goofy's like psyche. Yeah. And for, like right before we the reflect- midterms, too. Yeah, right before the midterms. So Goofy goes into his midterm and he's devastated. He's torn apart. His son has just re- rejected him. And that leads him to fall asleep and have a dream. A pretty trippy dream sequence where you know he's dreaming that Max is loving him until Max turns on him and it becomes a nightmare. Which he keeps hearing Max go, get your own life! Over and over again. It's really devastating. So character like you know, for, for all of us who are like really even appreciating the character development, this is a blow to the gut that like almost almost devastates Goofy beyond repair. Mm-hmm. He wait, but he wakes up from his dream and realizes that the midterm is over and he didn't finish it. Which, of course, that's a devastating blow to a college student. You need to finish your midterms and do well, or else you're not going to graduate. You know? Yes. Uh, now I think you know. Do you know what's next? Yeah, after the midterm. After the midterm. Uh, I, yeah. I believe it cuts to um, Miss Marple and Goofy, I think. 
no, 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 no. You missed another important scene. It's okay. I have notes, by the way. And I'm not just correcting David because I'm, you know, I'm a big brain guy. I have notes. Um, but yeah, Goofy misses a date with Miss Marvel. Oh, yeah. Because he goes home back to Pete to mope about how he's failed. Yeah. To which he realizes he comes back to that being focused on your goal speech that he gave in the beginning. He goes, I've lost focus. And this is a real eye-opening moment for not just Goofy, but the audience as well, where we finally realize that Goofy, he, his goals were more than just being with his son. His goals was to be, to, you know, to be happy himself. He needs to understand that he needs to work on both himself and Max, be a father and an individual. Exactly. It's a brilliantly done scene where you really sympathize with Goofy and you connect with them. It's a truly emotional moment that I think anybody who's gone through life and had a aha moment, I feel like we'll recognize and relate to. Now it's Miss Marple and, uh, and Goofy. Yes. So, um, you know, Goofy, you know, like kind of mentioned, he misses the date. Um, and Goofy's like, please, Miss Marple, take me back. I, I was, I, I was very, I was very just in a bad mood. I was, I was very, I was very sad, but now I've realized that I need to get my act together bring up my grades and get my son back and then and quit the game yeah quit the gammas and then this marple is like of course i'll forgive you goofy um and then you know they work hard to study there's like training, training montage, montage. It's like we're exercising and studying which is pretty good yeah exactly exactly like a redemption arc it's truly beautiful <laughs> it was a great scene great scene um so then Afterwards, after that training month, after training after the grades are yeah, up. Yeah, after the grades are up, after getting straight A's in all of his classes, um, it cuts to the Gamumus and uh, Goofy. Goofy getting ready to quit Gamumus, and of course they're not very happy about that. They're like, "No, you can't quit the Gamumus. Gamumus are quitting you." Um, yeah, kick him yeah, out. Yeah, kick him out. And then Goofy's like, "Oh, but I forgot to uh, give back my my Gamumu pin." And then when he walks in, he he hears overhears Gamumu's being like, "We're gonna cheat," um, and then Goofy's like, "I gotta tell Max." Then- but an important detail about the scene is when when he says that he you see you see Bradley, the, the, the scum the scumbag he is. He he says like, "I've got a plan," but his head aligns with these bullhorns on the wall to make him look like the devil symbolizing his true turn into anarchy joker style there's no coming back this is the origin story for a truly despicable villain for sure for sure for sure well put well put um thank you so then we cut to max and the gang getting ready for the finals you know um and then goofy runs in he's like max max um bradley's planning on cheating the thing is is that uh, Max doesn't believe him. I don't know why, but he doesn't believe it. Um, so uh, you know, then then we cut to the X Games. Uh, Max uh, getting getting ready for it. You know, you see you see Bobby, um, Max, and PJ. You know, all doing their their individual sports before the, before the yeah. finale, right? But the thing, see a lot of you'll see a lot of cheating going yeah. on. Like the 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 Moomoo's really up their game in terms of cheating. Yeah. But you still see our, our lovable group of heroes, you know, tri- uh, triumphing over this adversity each and every time. Exactly. Exactly. Until. Yeah, exactly. And 
until the final one, just like this triathlon, the final round. Yeah. Um, and for some reason, PJ gets blasted into the next state as 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 yeah, right. it appears that it appears that the Mumu set up a rocket on his roller skates. Yeah. Which begs the question: Why didn't do that to all three of them? But you know, I, I don't know. Cheating is very, uh, very overlooked in this universe. No one really cares. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, so no one cares. And uh, Max is like, "Oh man, Goofy was right. Um, the Gammas are cheating." And so you know, Max gets on the TV and he's like, "Dad, if you're out there, you gotta come and help us." Uh, and then Max uh, and then Goofy's like, "I gotta go help my son." And then he races over uh, to get to the platform to help Max. And, uh, you know, the race is off, you know. Yeah, you can see like this, you know, comedic racing hijinks, you know. Yeah. Goofy being silly, goofy guy. It was all very funny. I was chortling the entire time. Exactly, exactly, exactly. It, it, was, it was a real good time, real good time. Um, you know, the racing, doing the thing. Um, until we reach the final stretch, kind of, you know. Final yeah, stretch. yeah, it's... Yeah, Bobby got um Bobby and the other the third team member of Mumu's kind of got uh, debilitated. Mm-hmm. So it's really just uh on on team Mumu's it's it's uh it's Bradley and then his second ha- his right hand man Tank who we've not talked about much but is a gem. <laughs> and then got Max and Goofy. Mm-hmm. Those are the only guys remaining in the race. Yeah. I uh, can go ahead yeah. if you would like. Um so um uh Bradley ends up getting, you know, he ends up falling over, right? He ends up falling yeah, over yeah. In, the, in the final stretch. And uh and then Tank and then Bradley's like, I will not be ignored. Um and he has like this button he's gonna press yeah, it's gonna, to he's gonna like shoot the rockets in Max's uh, roller skates that he planted there earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um and then Goofy's like, I gotta I gotta save Max. So he pulls out his uh, horseshoe, throws it at uh, Bradley, you know, ending like knocking him out, kind of. But the thing is that he still ends up pressing the button. Uh, yeah, which kind of is redundant in the yeah. end. You might as well just let him hit the button, but yeah. whatever. And then the rocket goes off of. Uh, it sends Max flying pile drives into Tank, and Tank, Tank, and him go flying into this giant like uh, X Games like uh, kind of like building kind of thing it's kind of like a, a, a decoration but it's like it's kind of just poles and like carpets kind of thing it's it's hard to explain what it is um just a giant a yeah, giant giant, uh, visual thing and it causes it to burn yeah. a light on fire with max and, yeah, and then tank, tank is inside. like 911 baby yeah right it's it's dangerous people like it, this is the moment where we all thought Max is a goner there's no way he survived this everybody's everybody in the audience is biting their nails yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like Goofy, it's crazy scene and then you see uh goofy running trying to save his son um and then uh you see Max totally fine um but but the thing is tank is trapped underneath a piece of like the thing the rubble um, and so like Max and Goofy trying to lift it up, trying to save Tank, but Bradley's like, ha ha ha, I'm gonna win the race now. Yeah. yeah so you, know, time you to see win. him skateboarding over to the finish line. Um, but then out of the out of the smoke, you see Max, Goofy, and Tank on the same skateboard somehow. Uh, symbolizing yes. the unity of their yes. sides in a common enemy. The devilish, yes, the exactly. fiendish Bradley. Um and then uh, Goofy and Tank hop off, 
and then uh, Tang is like, you've got some uh, kid there. And then Goofy is like, he's not a kid anymore. Which, you know, really, really, really the big scene, you know, because if you guys remember that, what was Tug that? The yeah, it really does. Tugs really does. The if you remember from the, from the beginning, you see uh, Goofy looking at his son sleeping with his bear, right? And he's like, oh, that, that's, that's my kid, you know? He's still, he's still a little kid to me. Um, but, you know, now it's like he's not a kid anymore. You know, he, he's finally learned that, you know, he has to learn to let his son go. Right, it kind of symbolizes him letting him go on the skateboard, letting him go and mature, you know, be his own person. Um, and at the end, uh, Max ends up winning, beating out uh, Bradley. Uh, you know, he, he gets the trophy, he gets a kiss on the cheek. Um, and then Bradley's like, Yeah, Bradley, I'll like, I'll, I'll honor the deal. And then Max is like, Nah, you gotta deal with Tank. And then Tank comes up and throws yeah, him into yeah. a blimp. It's uh, wild. And then uh, after that, you see like this guy with a TV remote turns off the TV. <laughs> yeah, I have no clue what kind of transition does. This movie is really weird editing, yeah. um, but we'll get to that in a little and bit. And then it cuts to uh, you know them graduating in their captain gown. Well, the, it's the year. It's just the one at the end of that year. It's just, it's yeah, just yeah, yeah. Uh, you see Goofy, goofy in his captain gown, you know, graduating. Uh, you see Max just dressed well, because uh, you know it's his. Yeah, yeah. definitely um, dressed well. And uh, you see Miss Marple in a car, and then uh, he uh, picks up Goofy. Uh, oh, I you see a lovely touching moment of the two of them hugging, symbolizing yeah, their unity once again, despite the adversity, despite the conflicts that they are still, yeah, they are exactly, still exactly, connected. Exactly. Um, Goofy hops into the car with Miss Marple, and they drive off into the sunset, and then and then they play the iconic song. Yeah, the very iconic song at the end, where there's and then there's like the characters dancing, symbolizing that the end of the movie yeah. is here. Uh, so that is extremely goofy movie, and mm -hmm. wow, what a movie, David! Indeed. This was a brilliant film. Uh, actually, you know what? I'm gonna I'll, I'll, I'll drop the charade. We'll actually talk about it seriously for a minute. I'm sure the listeners are completely <laughs> lost. They're like, do they actually like this? Or no. I talked very sarcastically the entire time. Uh, the first Goofy movie is awesome. I love it as genuinely as I can. It's a really great movie. Extremely Goofy movie is not very good. <laughs> I think it's very poorly written. I think it's not all that well constructed. Like I said, the editing is really weird. There's a lot of fades to blacks for no reason. It's really kind of odd. The writing is not all that strong, and there's a lot of stuff they introduce that doesn't go anywhere, like the typewriter, the Bray girl, and like, there's just a lot of things that don't go anywhere. That being said, it, it does a touch a lot in terms of like people who are fans of that original movie. Like the Goofy movie originally is such a like touch, like, such a impactful, you know, like really, really well constructed movie that like seeing those characters come back is just kind of nostalgic to me. So I do appreciate that aspect. And I think it does justify a lot of the things that don't work as well, you know? I think it's... I, I, I do enjoy the movie, uh, more ironically than seriously, but yeah, what do you I think, totally Dave? What are your thoughts? Um, I, I think the movie, just like nostalgic purposes, I, I think it really hits home, you know? I think if you're a fan of the original Goofy movie or Goof Troop or you're just a fan of Goofy in general, I think you'll get a lot of fun out of this movie. Um, 
of course, not, it's not the best movie out there. Um, I don't think it's nearly as good as the first one, but, you know, it's still, it's still a classic for uh, those out here who, uh, you know, enjoy Goofy or just want a little bit of Goofy in their life. Yeah, I, I do think really, I, I, I'm going to vent this real quick because I do event, I vent this to David a lot uh, about how this movie handles character development. It's a little annoying because uh-huh. it's a sequel to Goofy movie, right? But it kind of regresses Max's character a lot. Like, by the end of Goofy Movie, you know, he's accepting that, you know, my dad is a silly doofus, but he loves me. And I, I love him. So there's kind of like this understanding that they establish at the end. That there's no reason to be embarrassed with one another because they, they respect one another. But the sequel kind of just retcons that entirely and makes Goofy go back to be, or sorry, it makes Max be completely dismissive again and being like, oh yeah, I don't care about my dad. He's And the entire movie kind of doesn't change Max's character. It becomes Goofy's movie where Goofy gets the character arc of, you know, having to stay focused on his goals. And Max just kind of becomes a non-character where he's just kind of doing stuff. But like, he doesn't change. Throughout the movie, he's constantly complaining about his dad and being a jerk. And as um, if you've caught on to the story as we were explaining it, everything that he gets mad about is caused by him. You know, he's the one that causes uh, Goofy to join the, join the, um, the gammas. He's the one that, you know, fa- uh, performed poorly. And as a result, ended up getting him almost uh, lost from the tournament. Like all the things he gets mad about are totally his fault. And he's just blatantly mean to his dad all the time. And there's no real scene of, like, recompense or anything, as we've explained through the plot. There's no scene where he, like, comes to grips with the fact that he was the problem. He just, like, he's, he spends the movie being mean, and then when he needs his dad, his dad comes in and saves him, and then everything's forgiven. Which, like, is a complete regression of his character, where Max just be- kind of becomes a tool and doesn't really learn anything. And it's just kind of ridiculous that, you know, you have a movie that had a definitive start and end to a relationship, and then you just have a sequel come in and completely retcon it. Like, it's very bizarre. And as, and that kind of is another thing, like, that kind of bugs me and makes me want to watch the original more is because the original does make more sense thematically. I know it doesn't. it's a little ridiculous to analyze a goofy movie, an extremely goofy movie thematically, but yeah, it, it's ridiculous that they retcon so much of that development and not do anything with it, you know? Uh, so I just wanted to vent that. Uh, I usually I usually met that with David, and then David sits there and it's like, oh, here he goes. No, again. yeah, I totally agree with you. Like thematically, like this, it, with Max's character, he doesn't really uh, go anywhere. But like, I feel like the themes of both movies are different. You know, um, I mean, they both have like huge themes about growing up. Like that that's like kind of the point of like both movies. They're both yeah, coming of age yeah. movies, in case you're um, wondering. Um, but like, I feel like it's it's almost like different kinds of growing up. Um, like one, like with extremely, it's it's more about letting go, um, while um, the um, the first one's more about being more accepting to change and how like your kids aren't you and how you need to accept that they're changing and they're not always going to be little kids anymore you know they're developing um so like they're slightly different but at the same yes 
it's like the lead up. You got like Goofy movie yeah. preparing for yeah. extreme. Yeah. In terms, which of I think is is kind of cool, but I feel like they could have handled it in a better sense. It's almost like it was a Goofy movie, and they tried a yeah. little harder than they needed to. Yeah, I mean, I have to, I have to agree. Like, it's a Goofy movie. Like, no one's expecting the world of this. No one's expecting it to be deep, methodical commentary on on the uh, the life of a teenager or like a college student. It's not like Lady Bird. Like, it's not gonna get to that point. But at the same time, like, I think when you try that, you gotta be keep in mind how far you go. It kind of brings me back to problems I had with movies like with uh, with movies like Incredibles 2, where Incredibles 2 kind of had a really complex idea for a villain. But since it's a kid's movie, they didn't really do it with much subtlety, which I don't like I don't critique them for not being subtle. I critique them for picking a topic that made you not be subtle. You know, the same thing goes here. Like they picked a topic that they kind of just couldn't handle perfectly. And as a result, it, it, it's like they were encouraging the viewer to start using their brain. And you don't want to do that when it's a kid's movie, you know? Like, if, if you want to make yourself feel high and mighty, critique a kid's movie. Because, like, kid's movies are not always the most thoughtfully created things in the world. And that's fine. It's just, like, when you introduce ideas like that, you got to be open to some criticism, regardless yeah, if it's warranted sure. or not. You know? For sure. Um, yeah. Um, I really enjoy this movie. Um, I don't. I, I think I enjoy it more ironically, but I do love Goofy as a character. There are things I do legitimately enjoy about it. I like his relationship with Ms. Marple. I think it's adorable. I, I do like that they don't focus on the school part as much, which they could have easily done. Like they could have made it like, oh, you know, like had some class conflicts, you know, bullying in class. That was kind of a thing, but not that much. They they could have made it a lot more generic, but they do uh, they do the X Games thing is a nice touch. It's different, and there's a lot of small details I really appreciate. Like I love like the conflict between the between like the the X Games announcer and like the the uh, reporter on the field. Like I just kind of I love how like every the the reporter gets cut off by <laughs> the uh, announcer every yeah. five seconds. I find that kind of I like I like the relationship between. Uh, Pete, or not Pete, PJ, and the uh, and the beret girl. It's a little, it's a little like underdeveloped, but at the same time, I think it's just kind of funny. Um, there's a lot of things in here individually that I kind of like. And Bradley's, Bradley's fun. I think he's not really, he's not <laughs> funny, but yeah. he's fun. I love the way they animate him. I love the way they treat him. Like yeah. they treat him like he's the devil. It's kind of hilarious. Like I meant, like. That what I mentioned in the synopsis about him having the devil horns, that's actually a thing. Yeah. Like they, they really hype him up. Um, but yeah. Uh, do you have any um, things you want to talk about? I mean, yeah. In terms of positives? I mean, like, kind of like pretty much like what you said. Like there's a lot of little things that make this movie great. Um, little subtleties that I think just like some things. Okay, so I feel like our appreciation for this movie isn't going to be the same for like most people because most people haven't watched this movie as many times right, as we have. Um, we, we've seen this movie enough times where right. we notice the little things um, that people don't usually notice. Like, for example, like the devil horns. Um, yeah, right. Well, that one's a little more obvious, but even some smaller stuff, like like the fact that yeah. Pete calls jalapenos jalapenos. Like, I don't know. It's a funny detail that no no one would notice because it's so small. And like the 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 ten sixteen thing that you brought up earlier, 
like we've watched this enough times we just kind of we don't pay attention to exactly to what's going on anymore yeah, yeah exactly. backgrounds and stuff it's these little things that make the movie great um you know like if you look at the big picture like the movie's not that good but like the little things that that make it kind of cool um is what is kind of what we we watch it for and what we enjoy about it um yeah, kind of like kind of like we talked about last week with the with the movies, the art of bad movies. Like there's a certain connection you're going to make to a movie like regardless of its quality. And I think that's a why why we love this movie so much. It's like we've stopped looking at it as a movie, we look at it as an experience, like a personal experience, something we've done, we've watched plenty of times and connected to. So like it doesn't matter the quality, it just yeah, matters the feeling exactly. of watching it. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. So um, before, um, let's let, I'm going to ask one question before we get into suggestions, which is, did you think this was a necessary sequel? Do you think this added to enough to the original to make more um, of its existence? I'm being no? honest, I don't think that Extremely was necessary of a movie to be made. But of course, um, I'm not saying I, I wish it didn't exist. I mean, I'm really glad that they made a sequel to Goofy Movie, uh, even though it wasn't, you know, the best. I just think, like, personally, for from my standpoint, and I'm sure from yours too, I'm sure we're both glad that they made a sequel to a, a beloved movie of ours. Um, even even though it's not the best movie, of course. But like, from, from a general outside perspective, I don't think it's very necessary of a movie. Because it doesn't really add much to the story. Yeah, exactly. And it wasn't a musical, 0 out of 10. Imagine, imagine they made a sequel to West Side Story, and it didn't have music in it. <laughs> like it wasn't the musical, you know. Mm-hmm. It it really does break my heart. Well, no worries. Um, yeah, really fun movie. The listeners of this episode are probably dumbfounded. They're like, <laughs> they just summarized the plot and talked about it for about yeah. ten minutes, and now they're going into suggestions. Well, I mean, we did that with the other Goofy movie one, so you know what? We need episodes that are personal. You know, these are like movies. These are episodes that like we where we connect to. We need them to be made so we can acknowledge that yeah. we've covered it and we can move on. You know, exactly. So, uh, well, do you have any last comments or any things you want to talk about the movie? I mean, we don't have to don't limit know. it at the um, hour I don't mark. Really think we can I talk about share. more. We did cover a lot. Um. All right. So. If we want to dive into some uh, suggestions, David, how many do you got? Two. How many? Oh, I also have two at the moment. I might be able to think right. of a third. So, uh, Go ahead. The first one was one that I wasn't really planning on suggesting. Um, it wasn't until that I watched the uh, most recent episode that I realized that oh, I have to suggest it. Um, it's kind of necessary at this point. Um, I suggested it multiple times. That's why I was a bit hesitant about suggesting it. Um, and it's not one it's piece. It's one not... piece, you bum. Yeah, but it's not like, you one You suggested piece. that like 600 um, times. The show that I'm going to reference or going to suggest again is Jujutsu Kaisen. And the reason why I'm suggesting it again is because I didn't realize this, but... Um, on the 27th, that was when the most, so yesterday, um, when the most recent episode aired, that was actually the last episode 
of season one of Jitsu Kaisen. So now I think is a really good time to suggest it because now the first season is completely out, um, or at least in the Japanese subtitle, um, or I guess English subtitle in Japanese. Um, English. You there? Yes. Um, so yeah, like I mentioned, yep. um, the the season one is now finished, um, and wow, what a season season one has been for Jujutsu Yes, exactly. I mean, Even it had devil fingers yeah. and everything. Um, yeah, wow, what 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 a show, really. Um, if if you did not hear me recommend this show before. Basically, what it's about is about this guy named Itadori Yuji, and Itadori um, ends up like finger. Um, but the thing is that the finger, finger of like one, if not the most powerful, I think the most powerful curse in the world. You know, like the most powerful curse. Um, and so he ends up becoming like the vessel for this curse, um, which is crazy. And so um, the, the Jujutsu sorcerers who uh, exercise these curses um, are like, hey, you are now going to uh, become a Jujutsu sorcerer um, and help us exercise curses and find the rest of the fingers um, of this, this demon. Um, or you could just die right now. Um, so he's like, all right, I guess, I guess I'll help you guys. Um, so he ends up helping them. Um, and like you see his journey, of course the series isn't over yet. The manga is still going. Um, and we've only seen season one of the anime, but yeah, it, it is, it is really, really good. Um, a lot of really cool fight scenes. The animation is absolutely astounding um oh my god the the animation is so so good um like wow it it is absolutely incredible um it is like it's some of the best i've ever seen uh when it comes to just consistency of animation um now the the story of this show is is kind of confusing like i don't even really get it um but I just think that with the animation and just the really cool character designs and just the premise of the show, that just like keeps me interested. It's it's kind of like Attack on Titan, how how I'm not exactly sure what's going on uh, completely. Uh, I I just I just don't enjoy it just for like nostalgic purposes and just because the show is overall really good. Um, what's that? It's just kind of <laughs> yeah. mine's just kind of blown. Yeah. I'm just gonna it, hear it's, for Ryan. It's, it's, yeah, it's a great show. Um, I highly recommend checking it out. Like I said, the first season is out right now. Um, for for your viewing pleasure. Um, so yeah, check out Jujutsu Kaisen. Mm-hmm. All right. So my second suggestion. Is a movie that I may have mentioned before. Maybe I haven't. Um, 
Well, I'll, I'll explain why I'm going to be referencing it or going to be suggesting it. Um, so yesterday I was listening to NPR and they were interviewing um, the director for the, the movie Suggest, which is Soul. Um, yeah, oh, I want they were interviewing him Pete, and Pete they were Docker. just like explaining... Um, his whole like thought process of how he like like came up with this movie and how he wrote it um, and it's just like it was this really inspiring story um, and like how they had just like how like originally um, like their thought process is like how they were going to like make Joe an actor but then they ended up like changing it to a musician because um there's just in general like there's a lot more passion when it comes to jazz musicians like you can tell like if there's a jazz musician they clearly enjoy what they're doing they're not doing it for any fame purposes they're doing it because they genuinely enjoy that kind of music um as... you know that's, yeah, that, that yeah, ranch exactly. scene from la, la land um, yeah that. as for like being an actor like sometimes there are just some actors that do it for the money um, and fame and stuff like that. Um, as for jazz, like there's no way that you can really mix that up in any way. Like a clear, clearly like you can tell what this character likes and wants. Um, and you can really portray that quite nicely. And uh, just thinking back to the movie, I, I can definitely see that. I can definitely see that. Um, so if if this is a re-recommendation um, or it's the first time I'm bringing it up, uh, I definitely want to say this is a must-watch movie. It is on Disney Plus. Um, it it is you don't you don't have to pay for it or anything like like Mulan or Raya. Um, you can just watch it um, whenever. And if you haven't seen it, I highly recommend watching it. it. is really really good. It came out last December. Um, so yeah, I highly recommend checking it out. It's a very, very good movie. Um, it has themes of like existentialism, which we haven't really seen much in a Pixar movie. Um, so it kind of changes up the formula. It's definitely a more mature movie. Um, so I can definitely see like if if you're like thinking about playing this for the kids, um, there's there might be a chance they might get bored from it. Um, although um, there are still some scenes that I think that can be fun for the kids as well. Um, but I think, I think definitely it's, it's a more mature uh, Pixar film that we haven't really gotten to see uh, up until this point. So um, I highly recommend checking that movie out and I highly recommend checking out Jesus 2 Kaisen. Um, both, one's a very good show, one is a very good movie. Um, they actually both deal with themes of existentialism, um, but I don't want to talk about Jisoo Kaisen because that's getting into spoiler territory right there. So, what was that? Twenty twenty, that to you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, twenty twenty so, will yeah, do that to you. Those are my suggestions. I, I also, I also do. I've had a really busy week. Um, I have not done a lot of uh, things on my own, but, and it's funny because even movie wise, I did not watch a lot of movies this week and not a lot of ones that I would really recommend. Um, 
it, I mean, I, I've got two. The first one is actually one that I watched last week, but I withheld because I watched a lot of movies last week. So this week, I'm going to suggest it. And it's a movie that I think on the surface is very repellent. I think it, it could re- repel a lot of people away from it. But I think if you give it a chance, it's legitimately a lot more interesting than it gave itself credit for. And that is Promising Young Woman from this year, uh, from 2020. Now, I think on the surface, it seems a very feminist propaganda movie. It seemed extremely leaning in that direction, which it is. But there's a lot of it. There's a lot more to it than it kind of lets on. And if you were kind of not really sold on it because like it just it didn't seem that nuanced, give it a chance. It's legitimately a really complex and really hard hitting movie. Uh, If you don't know the plot, essentially, it's about this girl who kind of is we're going to touch on some mature themes here. So just a warning now, essentially this woman who goes to bars uh, and acts plastered. She can kind of attract these like those really creepy kind of like really, uh, really mean guys who take advantage of women like that. She tries to kind of like bait them in and then like, you know, expose them for being a creep by revealing she's not actually drunk and kind of scares them off. And, Eventually, as she does this, she comes across somebody who has connections to a person from her past that kind of ruined her life. And she didn't realize that this person was still, you know, available to her. She knew where this guy was. So it kind of becomes this revenge thriller after that point. Um, But it's a really hard hitting movie. It deals with a lot of topics that are really touchy and things that you wouldn't like take into consideration in a plot like this. But they do a great job of not treating it like a, like they're preaching. They aren't out here like comments on it and being like, hey, this is this is something that we all do. And like trying to like it stops being a movie and just becomes a speech. It doesn't do that. It does a great job of being really subtle about it. And it deals with these topics in a way that's that's kind of encourages more thriller elements. Like it's very, very like uncomfortable to watch a lot of the time you see a lot of like a lot of comments that keep coming up over and over again and it gets you more and more mad until you realize exactly that's that's what's real about it is that it keeps coming up again there's a lot of layers to it that are not necessarily of like not necessarily um evidence on the like concept an and you get a lot of really interesting moments like throughout the plot. It, what Exactly. There's layers to it that you wouldn't expect. You think onions are just like apples. You bite into it. It's just more onion. Yeah. But no, there's layers to it. You're like, what the freak? You know, it's really well done. Uh, it's really well directed. Uh, this is the director's directorial debut. Her name is Emerald Fennel. She got nominated for an Oscar for it. So clearly she did something right. Uh, she's really great. Uh, the star, Carrie Mulligan, who I have to apologize for her uh, performance in Drive because I kind of I thought she kind of sucked in Drive. But here she completely owns the role. She is fantastic. I could not think of a single actress that could have done it better than her. It's perfect. She is so good in this movie. The whole supporting cast is great. You got Bo Burnham. He's fantastic in this. You got a great scene from Alfred Molina. You got Alison Brie in here. There's so many just standout moments throughout the plot. Um, Laverne Cox is in it for a very short amount of time. And she's great. There's so many like really great moments throughout this movie. And... Even in the ending is also really ballsy. They do a lot of great, uh, they take a lot of great risks here. And I think I was, I kind of was repelled at first. I didn't think this movie was going to be very, you know, nuanced. I thought it was just going to be the one 
the one comment dragged out for an hour and a half or two hours. It was going to be the same thing throughout the entire thing. But they do a great job. It's a legitimately really well-written movie. Um, and I highly recommend it for anybody who is holding back. Like, give it a chance. It's really solid. Um, though I'm really surprised it got nominated for Best Picture. It does not seem like the movie that would get nominated for Best Picture. But it did, so that's hype. All right, one more. Uno mas. Um, this one we suggested last week, but of course there's a new episode this week, so I had to talk about it. And that is, of course, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, episode two. Now, uh, we didn't really get to talk about it in detail yet uh, last week because we had a lot of suggestions last week. But Falcon and Winter Soldier has been such a like such a great show so far. And it, it all of the Marvel shows have such a great emphasis on character development and character building that I really appreciate it. Like the Marvel movies can get a little tough to get development in because like it's so packed full of you know action and explosions and stuff. So it's been really great getting these moments of character development through the shows that you wouldn't get in the movies. And it's really solid. It's great to see the side characters kind of coming to the front and getting a lot of screen time. And this is no exception. Episode two is really solid. Got more time from uh, U.S. agents or uh, Wyatt Russell. We had some really cool moments there. A lot of cool action moments. You got a cool plot reveals. And it's just a, it's, it's building up to be something really interesting. They're doing a good job of like withholding a lot of this information, similar to how WandaVision did. For the first few episodes, they're gradually building to something, and you're just you're in for the ride. Like you're not sure where it's gonna go or what's gonna happen next. It's not like Marvel where you kind of can predict what it will end with. This movie does not, or the show, sorry, the show does not do that. You've got a lot of stuff building up, so it's really interesting to see where it'll go. Um, I love Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan here. They are brilliant all around. Like they just they have great rapport, and I love seeing them like interact. It's a lot of really touching moments throughout the episode. There's a lot of really cool moments. It's a really great balance of that. And I'm really excited to see where they go with it. Maybe we'll do an episode coming soon. Uh, we'll have to see. Uh, but yeah, it's really solid so far. I think I like WandaVision more at the moment. But of course, from that episode, that show had nine episodes. We have eight. Or we have not eight. We have two right now. So <laughs> we, have, we still have a lot, of way to go, a lot of ways to go. But I'm excited. Alrighty, and that's all I, I have, David. What do you think? Any last things to say? Alright, guys, check out the Instagram, what's that smell underscore you thinking again for all things, what's that smell you thinking again? David <laughs> will eventually post. Please post. Jesus. Set an alarm. Dude. Like, just set yeah, an alarm. I don't understand why you don't set an alarm. It Just do it. <laughs> he's never going to do it. He's probably, gonna, he probably should, but he's not going to set it until, like, August. Yeah, uh, check out the Instagram. I will make David post. I will hold him at banana point. I don't really know. I was going to say gunpoint, but that's not nice. <laughs> so I'll, I'll uh, threaten him with uh, threaten him with potatoes or something if he doesn't fit. Um, and uh, yeah, thank you so much again for listening. I, I really hope this episode wasn't too monotonous for you guys. And I'm sure it's meant, it was only meant something to us, but that's all right. Uh, and check us out next, or check, <laughs> yeah. check out the next episode. Whenever it comes out next Sunday. Thank you for <laughs> uh, listening. This is What's That Smell? You thinking again?